Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Dr. Deb Muth. Dr. Deb is a naturopathic doctor, author, national speaker, and the owner of Serenity Healthcare Center outside of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the Midwest's leading functional medical clinic. She's the founder of Phoenix Factor, a health optimization program for high-performing female executives, and now a podcast host. She's an advocate for women's health issues and an expert in the field of bioidentical hormone therapy and sexual dysfunction. Deb works with men and women who suffer from chronic illness, Lyme disease, thyroid dysfunction, chronic and adrenal fatigue, menopause, infertility, and various endocrine-related diseases that involve hormone imbalance. As if healing from betrayal weren't hard enough. How do you move through it and deal with your hormones all over the place? What happens when your body is changing without your consent and you're experiencing symptoms that are preventing you from looking or feeling good? The good news is you're about to hear from Dr. Deb Muth, who's going to share how to skillfully navigate perimenopause, menopause, and beyond. Here's Deb. Welcome, everybody. You're in for a treat today. I have Dr. Deb Muth with us, and she's going to be talking about hormones and sex drive and all kinds of things that get all jacked up after betrayal. So welcome, Dr. Deb. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here with you guys. Uh, Absolutely. So, you know, I, I want to absolutely get to the link between our hormones and our sex drive and everything. And, but having said that the show is of course from Betrayal to Breakthrough. So let's talk about how, first of all, is there, I'd love to hear your story around this. And then uh, from there, how would our hormones be affected by betrayal? Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you. Um, So I've had the pleasure of working with menopausal women for 25 years. So I started working with menopausal women long before I was in menopause myself. And I was able to watch this history of things change for women. And the stories always were the same. And so I'm this young, you know, uh, feisty 30 year old who says, I've got the insider information to all these women in aging. I'm going to make sure that none of this happens to me because I can see it all coming. Right. And so I know what to do to prevent it from happening. Wrong. (laughs) You know, even though you see it coming, sometimes you can't prevent it from happening. Um, And I've had the pleasure of being married 30 years. And with that comes great things and not so great things as as you're well aware, you know, long-term mature relationships have their struggles. And what I've seen in 90% of my female clients is the same thing that I experienced in my marriage. Little comments, little things that people say trigger different things for us, trigger memories. I grew up with a dad who was very verbally abusive and, and it was great fun for him to say, you're fat. Why are you dressing like that? You look like a slut. Um, Nobody's going to want you. And so that was really embedded into my brain from being really young on And so it made me not want to dress a certain way because I didn't want to be looked at and I didn't want him to say something to me. Move forward, I marry a husband who's amazing and wonderful and tells me how beautiful I am every day. And this is really hard for me to accept, right? Because I was raised with this other concept. As I moved into menopause and my body started changing and it didn't operate the way it used to, and you start to have vaginal dryness and a little pain with intercourse, 
up comes kind of all these feelings of that insecurity again, and that inferiority that we don't necessarily think is going to happen. And, um, and you have to process that and you have to work through that, that, that we're changing. And I think different hormones being high at different points make a huge difference. Um, everybody seems to think that if we give enough testosterone to a woman, she'll have a great sex drive. That's not true. It's not that simple. We're more complex. We can give good testosterone to men and regardless of what's going on for them, they'll perform and it'll be great. And sex is a stress reliever for them. For women, it's just the opposite. We don't use stress as a sex reliever. We use that to be connected. And if we're having problems in our relationship or even bringing problems forward from another relationship that we haven't healed, the sexual desire that you have now is going to be a problem. And so and I, we, yeah, yeah I, I still want to unpack some of the things you said, and I definitely want to get into the hormones, but before we do, you know, it's just so natural that just, just the emotional side of it, when we've been betrayed or when we, we don't feel great about ourselves, then we go through menopause. It's almost like we've, we've hit our shelf life, you know, with so many women and, and, we, we feel, we feel so badly about so many things already. And then our body's changing almost like whose body is this, even just having children, you know, that'll, that'll change things as well. So I know my audience also wants to know about that. There there is that emotional component. What, how do we even move through the emotions of, let's just take the emotions that we would go through, even with menopause, because Mm -hmm. we know so many of the emotions we experience with with betrayal, but menopause brings on a whole other set and and you're an expert at that. So if you can share with us, what are some of the things that we experience as we just go through this time of life Mm -hmm. where our body is changing without our consent, that's just the way it is. And then all of the other things we experience. Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, as we move into menopause, some of it is our aha moments. I think, you know, as women, we're like, okay, I've been doing this for this many years. I don't want to do this anymore. And a lot of people call it a life change. I call it an explosion because it's just really at that point in life where you say, I'm drawing the line in the sand and I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not living the second half of my life the way I lived the first half. And a lot of women start to become more aware of how they feel and why they feel that way and where it's coming from. And they finally have time to focus on themselves. They're not focusing on their kids and everybody else. And it's time to focus on me. And they're starting to work through some of the things that have happened to them in that first half of their life that they maybe haven't dealt with. And that's why I love your program so much, because it really helps us get to the root of where those problems and those um, concerns are coming from. Because if we don't deal with them when menopause hits, you're going to feel like a crazy person. I mean, we have no control over what's happening at that moment with estrogen doing what it wants and progesterone going crazy and testosterone's falling and all these hormones are all over the place. And if we thought it was bad as a teenager, menopause is just another enlightened moment for us. And so we start to have more problems with focus and concentration and sexual desire goes away and energy changes and our sleep pattern is bad. And now we say, okay, all of this is changing, but yet I'm supposed to have the same desire that I had as a 20 year old, but I have half the energy. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I feel. Sex is now uncomfortable and I'm not sure how to work through this. And that really throws a wrench for a lot of women. 
And I, I see this happen all the time in women. They come in, they're about 50 years old and they're ready to walk away from their relationship for a variety of reasons. Either they put up with too much in that time frame, or they haven't honored themselves. And now this is their breaking point and this is their opportunity to redevelop themselves. You know, I, I, I love the idea of, it really is a, a second chance, a second opportunity. I kind of look at it because I'm way over 50 and I look at it like I, I paid my dues. <laughs> you know, I really did. And it's, I love the fifties. I love mm -hmm. the fifties because it's almost like, you know, you picture, well, I know for me anyway, who I was in, let's say high school. I, oh, mm -hmm. so insecure and so uncomfortable and always worried about what everybody would say and think and feel and everything. And there's something about this earned, uh, time where you're like, I don't care what anybody thinks. <laughs> I just don't care. And then there's something even, even better about if you've been taking care of yourself to the best of your ability and you see, you do, you see a lot of people who are paying the price of decades of neglect, you know, and then if you're in your fifties and you've been eating well and you've been exercising and so like, wow, look at me, I feel mm -hmm. really good. So there are so many, I guess it's the spin that you could do with anything. There are Absolutely. so many positives that can be gained, but, uh, but I also, I guess it also depends on, you know, for, for those who are, who are listening here, you know, they've experienced a betrayal. When did your betrayal happen? You know, like I looked at it, my life started at 50. That was when my betrayal happened. And then I, you know, from there went back for the PhD and, and did the study and sort of the rest is history. So I'm looking at it like fifties, it's, it's only beginning. And for so many other women, you know, whether they've experienced their betrayal during that time frame or not, uh, there's something about menopause that is that that timestamp of mm -hmm. okay, here's a here's a, a, a new chapter, and your body's letting you know it's a new yeah. chapter, and I, I think that's beautiful. So let's start talking about the hormones a little bit. So mm -hmm. shed some light for us, if you will, on what the different hormones are experiencing. And what Absolutely. we're going through during this time. What does it feel like? What is it? How do, and how do we even know? Well, like what's the difference between perimenopause and full-blown menopause? And, and how do we know we're sailing through it well or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is a, you know, this is a great time for us because we, you're right. We can take this time and harness it and say, this is my new life, or we can look at it as our bodies betraying us. Right. And some people choose to look at it that way. And some people choose to look at it as a whole new chapter. I like to look at it as that whole new chapter. Um, hormones actually start falling about age 35. We will start losing progesterone around age 35. That's where you're going to start to notice some of those perimenopausal symptoms more PMS-like symptoms, which ladies is not normal. We should not have PMS if our hormones are balanced, but more of that irritability, that moodiness, that inability to sleep, broken sleep, can't fall asleep. Um, and then you start having some cognitive things that are beginning to happen more so because of the lack of sleep, not because of the hormones falling, but more that lack of sleep. Some women will also start to notice that they're getting a little bit more of that muffin top simply because progesterone's falling. Estrogen is staying pretty strong still. And it's not until estrogen starts to fall around age 50, average age of menopause is going to be age 52, give or take two years on either side, depending on health. Um, and we define postmenopause as a year of absence of period. So once you've not bled for an entire year, you can now say you're postmenopausal. Prior to that, you're still perimenopausal. 
And that's where all the fun happens, right? So that's where we start having a few hot flashes or night sweats, or our weight is changing. We don't have as good control over our weight, even though we haven't changed diet, haven't changed exercise much. Um, you might start noticing more emotional things. You're crying when the snuggle guy comes on the TV and you're seeing commercials and you're crying for no reason. Those are pretty common symptoms that you're going to have. As estrogen continues to fall more and more, we'll start to have some vaginal dryness and women will complain of pain with intercourse. And here's a secret. My favorite lubricant is called Uber Lube. It is amazing. It's not sticky. It's not tacky. It has no taste. It's the best lubricant you can use. Um, but all of this can be harnessed and can be changed and we can balance hormones naturally. We can use herbs. We can use what's called bioidentical hormones, which are molecularly the same as the hormones our bodies make. And you can use them safely as long as you're using them with a practitioner that really understands how to balance them properly. And you can have a good healthy sex drive and a good healthy relationship as hormones stay strong. Now, for some women, they choose not to use hormones and that's perfectly fine. There's still things that we can use that are non-hormonal if the vaginal dryness becomes worse. But most women, it's a, it's a joke in our world because most women start hormones because of the hot flashes. They stay because they love how it makes them feel. It gives them their personality back. They don't become crabby old ladies. They love the way their brain thinks on hormones. Without it, sometimes we don't think as well. And really, if we want to have the same kind of desire that we had as kids in menopause, we have to put the same amount of attention on it. We have to think about it. We have to cultivate it. We have to do something that makes us think about sex. Because if we're busy thinking about work all day, the last thing you're thinking about when you crawl into bed at 10 o'clock is like, oh yeah, now I'm ready for sex. It doesn't work that way for us. So how do you know, I, I, there are so many questions I have. How do you know... It, if you need hormones or if you can just do this, you know, move through it, let's say with eating well and exercise and, mm -hmm. and healthy thoughts or whatever, what's right. tell us the difference and, and what we can do. Absolutely. So some women have the luxury of never experience, experiencing a hot flash. And the other group of us will have some hot flashes. And then you have a severe group that 13% of the population of women will have hot flashes their entire life till they die. Till they're, they yes. have them for a long time. Yes. Wow. Oh, mm -hmm. that's so uncomfortable. I'll never forget. I was out for lunch with a friend and she, she was having such, she said she was having like a hundred hot flashes a day. Yes. Her, just while we were out, her face would turn bright red and she would start sweating. Mm -hmm. And it was, she started, I mean, I felt so bad that she just started to cry. She said, I just yeah. can't take this anymore. Oh, it's so it's such an intense yeah. feeling. Yeah. yeah. Like your, your, your internal, your body's at like 500 degrees for like a minute and then yes. jams up everything else that's going on. Okay. I remember seeing my mom put her head in the freezer and she'd always be cleaning <laughs> the freezer. And I'd be like, why is she cleaning the freezer? <laughs> and then I learned that is why she was cleaning the freezer because yeah. at least it cooled her off, you know, oh, you know, I find that women who have a better diet, a healthier diet where they're not eating a lot of processed foods, a lot of junk food, a lot of sugar, they will experience less hot flashes. Now it's not a rule of thumb, thumb 100%, but 80% of the time, if your diet's really clean, you will not experience as many hot flashes or as many complications as women who have that typical American diet. Now, what about exercise? Does exercise help? 
Yes. Exercise helps a ton because it helps us make testosterone. And if we make testosterone, testosterone itself will convert to estrogen in our body. And so it will help us have more estrogen longer. So there is some, some balance there. The other thing is your adrenal function. So a lot of us who've been stressed out or betrayed, or just had a stressful life, uh, burn the candles at both ends, will deplete our adrenal function. And that is, they're two nickel-sized glands. They sit on top of your kidneys and they give you all that fight or flight response. They will help produce hormones for us once we're in menopause. But if we've burnt them out and we're not making enough cortisol and we can't make DHEA and testosterone from them, our menopausal symptoms are going to be way worse if that adrenal function isn't supported well. Now, what about the types of exercise? Because, you know, we used to think, oh, running's great. But then if you're, I know if you're uh, having adrenal issues, that could be one of the worst things like hot yoga also, yes. which under different circumstances might be okay. But if your adrenals yeah. have tanked, not a good idea. So what right. types of exercises would you recommend? I think you need to have a good amount of cardiovascular exercise, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. That's all you really need in that. But we also have to do weight training as women. We like to stay away from weight training. Some of us, because we don't want to sculpt our body unless you're really bodybuilding. The sculpting part is hard for women to do, especially in postmenopause. You know, you've got to really work at that, but bodybuilding is great because that's, what's going to help us make more testosterone. And that's, what's really good to help our bones stay strong and healthy. So we don't develop osteoporosis down the road. We don't want our bodies to betray us either. Absolutely. So let's talk about certain foods. Are there certain foods that we should move towards or stay away from when mm -hmm. we're you know, when we're in menopause? Yeah. So you want to try to get as many foods as you can organically. If money is tight and you can't do everything organic, look at the dirty dozen or the clean 15. Those are really great foods to focus on. And um, just share what that means, people can look them up, but for those who don't know what the dirty dozen. Absolutely. Is. So the dirty dozen, um, the environmental working group has put out the dirty dozen in the clean 15 and the dirty dozen are the 12 dirtiest foods that are consumable. That means they have the most chemicals and toxins in them. And you really don't want to do them unless they're organic, because you're just going to consume all those toxins. The clean 15 are foods that you can eat. Typically when they're farmed and they're raised, they don't use a lot of chemicals on them. And those you wouldn't have to do in an organic fashion. Okay. So it really kind of helps us focus on where to spend dollars. And let's talk. Okay. So it sounds like we need to do some weight training. We need to do 30 minutes of moderate. We don't need to kill ourselves at this right. stage of the game. Uh, as far as exercise, we, you know, the clean 15 would be great. And the dirty doesn't stay away from when we can. Let's talk about uh, what we do as far as our emotions. What do we do as far as mm -hmm. the way we think? How do we, how do we look at this as a great next chapter? I mean, it sounds really nice. And I know you and I both embrace that idea, but yeah. for those who say, yeah, sure. Easy for you to say, <laughs> let's talk to them. Cause I, I'm with you, my people. I want to help you. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, I think meditation is good. I think surrounding yourself with women who bring you up instead of bring you down. It's very easy to find a tribe of people that are very negative, much harder to find a tribe of people that are very positive and supporting of you as a woman. So I think surrounding yourself with people that lift you up, get rid of the people that have been bringing you down for the last 50 years that you haven't had the guts to get rid of. 
Unfriend uh, them. <laughs> I love that you said that because, you know, for those of you who, who are regulars to the show, you know, I am a big proponent of you are the people you spend the most time with. So who mm -hmm. are you spending time with? You, how do you know if they're good for you? How do you feel? How do you feel when you're with them? Do you feel inspired, lifted up, open, expanded, or do you feel spent, depleted, exhausted? Your body will tell you loud and clear mm -hmm. who those people are and what they're doing to you. So being with supportive people is so important. And, and you know, for those of you who are in the PBT community, the, it's, it's interesting because when I was creating it, th this whole community, it was one of the most important things for me to, to say, okay, what isn't being done? And what I saw was there are so many groups. When you feel better, you don't belong. I mean, how mm -hmm. bizarre is that? So, the, so yes. the idea of being surrounded by people who lift and inspire, I mean, that's, that's what's gonna help you heal. That's what's gonna help you move through all of it. Like, think about it. Here we are talking about menopause. You could be with a group of women who are like, I've had hot flashes and they stink. And then the next person's like, oh, it's awful. And it's the worst thing ever. And then someone else chimes in as opposed to someone who says, oh, but you know what? I tried this and this really helped. Oh yeah, what about this? You know, whole mm -hmm. different conversation. Absolutely. And I think the other thing too, is to look at your life differently. Your life's not half over. It's just half beginning because now you get to spend the next half of your life. And it is the half because, you know, what they're looking at in the future for us is that it will be common for us to live to be a hundred and even 102. So if you do this right and you take care of yourself, you can have the next chapter of your life be as amazing or even better as the first half. You just have to carve it out. So I, I have women that say, okay, I'm 55 and I'm retiring. I'm checking out. I don't want to do anything in life anymore. I have 80 year olds that are starting new businesses because they feel so great and they want to serve and they want to do. And so I think that whole mindset of how we want to be healthy. I'll never forget. I had the cutest little 80 year old couple that I took care of for years. And they started with me when they were about 78 and they came to me to say, how can we keep our sex life alive till we're 90? Wow. Oh, I thought it was so awesome. Oh, and she said, me. he's still chasing <laughs> me around the bedroom like he did when we were 20. <gasps> oh my gosh. And wow. it was like looking at my grandma and grandpa, right? And I, <laughs> you don't think about that with your grandparents, but it was the coolest thing. And for them, it was really enlightening for me to go, you know what? they're making this a priority. That's why they have such a great marriage and such a great relationship. They're making it a priority still at that age. And I think if we all look at that, it doesn't have to be this negative thing that we're just doing because we have to, it can be amazing. Just like it was when we were 16 and 17 again. You know, what's so great. What's so interesting about that. And so wonderful about what you said, it's about making, well, think about it. Anything we prioritize gets done. Mm -hmm. we, you know, what we focus on expands. So I, you know, maybe for so many couples or some, you know, just so many people, it just becomes uh, less of a priority because we get so busy, but what are we so mm -hmm. busy with? I think it's a, right. it's a great time to really question what are we spending our time and energy on? And I say this all the time, best case scenario, we only have 100% of our energy. If we're mm -hmm. devoting 50, 60, 70% to something that only leaves 50, 40, 30% on something else. So right. just check that energy and see where we're spending it. And if we're spending it on what was, what no longer is, what we can no longer have or do, mm -hmm. what's left? Not much, not much that we're working with. Yeah. 
Absolutely. You know, I will tell you, I work with a lot of entrepreneurial women and once they engage their energy back into their sex life, their businesses explode and they work less time, less hard, get more done and have more success in their business because now they're working from that feminine energy and not so much of that masculine energy. And they grow things so much quicker when they focus on sensuality and relationship. It's huge. You know, what's so interesting to you. There was a chapter in think and grow rich about desi- was it desire? What was it? There was a, a concept that Napoleon Hill was saying how it drives uh, yes. how, how you, how you show up in business, but it was a, re- it was the link I think between sexuality or desire, whatever it was and business. Do you remember what I, I- yes, you're exactly right. He was talking about this way back in the thirties already about how, if more so related to men back then, but more so that if they kept a good, healthy sex life, their businesses would grow and multiply faster. And like, this was a big thing for him back in the thirties to talk about. And he was exactly right. And he's still right today about it. That's amazing. That's amazing. Everybody think and grow rich. That's one of those books that so many entrepreneurs, they read every year, you know, that's part of their, you know, on their January list, Mm -hmm. reread it. But I remember there was a chapter and there's something about that. So Deb, what do you want to, Dr. Deb, what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we, as we wrap this up? Yeah, I think important to know a couple of things. A, one thing that I think every woman should stay away from in menopause is soy. Women should not be having soy in menopause because it's what we call a xenoestrogen. It's a chemical-based estrogen. And unless it's really high quality soy, you shouldn't be doing it. If it's high quality soy, you can have it occasionally, but otherwise avoid it. I think getting back in tune with who you are and what you wanna be is huge. And then just pay attention to your body, listen to your body. It tells us so many things. And if you do explore hormones, explore bioidentical hormones only, there's lots of great practitioners out there. Um, If you look at um, a4m.com, it's a website of all anti-aging and regenerative practitioners. You can find somebody in your area that, that has been taught and trained that methodology, but you can use hormones safely you can have an amazing life. It's not the end. It's just the beginning again. Oh, I love that. And, you know, I think what you've, what you've shared is you've given us a direction and, and so much hope for those of us who are struggling with our bodies, with this idea of a second half, with this idea that we've expired, you know, our shelf life and, uh, and it can absolutely be just the beginning. So where do we go to learn more about you? Absolutely. So you can find me on phoenixfactor.com. It's where I house my um, long distance learning program for anyone who wants to do this kind of work over the country. Otherwise, if you're local and you need more deep work, you can find me at serenityhealthcarecenter.com. It's my integrative medical clinic in Wisconsin. Okay. That is so wonderful. So Dr. Deb, I want to thank you so much for your wisdom, for your insight. Uh, You helped so many people with your message today. So everybody who's listening and you're struggling with menopause, really, there is, there is hope. There is hope. And this could be the next and best chapter. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Dr. Deb gave so many helpful tips to more gracefully 
ease through perimenopause, menopause, and beyond. Stay in touch with her by going to phoenixfactor.com and serenityhealthcarecenter.com, and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at thepbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. There's so much you can do to feel better, and here are a few of the suggestions Dr. Deb gave. One, eat well. Stay away from the dirty dozen and eat the clean 15 and reduce soy. Two, exercise. Cardio and strength training are both important. Three, check out bioidentical hormones through a qualified practitioner if you feel that's what you need. Four, listen to your body and adjust accordingly. Five, start meditating or anything that helps you connect and stay grounded. Six, prioritize relationships. If intimacy isn't important, it's likely not to happen. Seven, change your perspective. Looking at menopause as a beautiful next chapter filled with new experiences will help you move through it more gracefully. Now, of course, if you haven't already, take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz, which you can find at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And have you checked out the PBT Institute membership community? Imagine everything you'd ever need to become your physical, mental, emotional best. Community, support, certified coaches and practitioners you can schedule time with, daily classes on all kinds of interesting topics, curated experts teaching advanced strategies in the areas of health, mindset, spirituality, personal development. Imagine the most friendly, welcoming, and supportive place to become your best all online. There is nothing like this that exists, and I am so excited to welcome you. Go to thepbtinstitute.com forward slash join to learn more. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time, and here's to your breakthrough.